Greg Kelly. The latest breaking news and opinions. Entertaining and informative. Okay, hi. Sorry about that. Hello. Is the Ukraine thing over with or what? I quite frankly just want it over with. If if there's a war, let's start it. I want it over. If there's not going to be a war, let's everybody go home. I think Joe Biden wants a war. The way he's been stirring things up and the way he talks, I don't know. Is it going to really? I mean, look, I, I want there to be peace, peace on earth for everybody, but it's not up to me. Um, Joe Biden is not handling this well. <laughs> he's um, guess who's over there? Kamala Harris is talking to the leader of Germany. Uh, Here's what I think is going on with that. They want to make it look like she actually did something as vice president so they can nominate her for the Supreme Court. That is not over with. That is not uh, that's not a that's still alive as a possibility. She could go to the Supreme Court. Joe Biden hates her. Um, Jill Biden hates her. Uh, Kamala Harris hates the Bidens. It goes all the way back to that 2019 moment where she called them basically a racist on stage. Horrible, horrible. It was bullying. It was mean. And they hate her. They've never forgiven her. They gave it to her, I think, because she was the only black woman who vetted. They only had about four or five they could choose from. And by the way, (laughs) I mean, anybody who gets vetted for black, white, red, brown, uh, it's very hard to pass all that vetting. But they limited themselves to just... uh, uh, it had to be a black woman. Remember that? And I can't stand this stuff. Can you? It would be as it's as offensive as it must be a white man. Now, the idea is, yes, it's been white men for a long time. But was the thinking all along, well, we got to keep these people of color out? No, I don't think so. Actually, I know so. I know that wasn't the thinking. Now, granted, we did have some pretty brutal uh, policies and, uh, yeah, traditions there for a while. Now, let's face it, ended 60 years ago, all right? We've all, we're have all much better place. I'm not going to apologize for being a white male of a certain age, but do you know how fashionable that is right now? It's so fashionable. Say, I'm just a white guy. What the hell do I know, right? I'm just a, uh, don't listen to me. You know who Brian Cranston is? The Breaking Bad guy? We talked about him. Listen to this. Listen to how he sucks up to the woke crowd. Now, how does Brian Cranston, who's 60-something years old and white, get a job in Hollywood? By talking like this. Cut 25. Wow. (laughs) Finally, a straight old white man gets a break. (laughs) All right. It's just a great big virtue signal so he can stay in power. All right. Now, Brian is rich. Brian is famous. Brian still wants to be even richer, more famous. So he adopts that language. And so have a hell of a lot of other white guys. I don't even like the I don't like saying white guys because it's pejorative. It is pejorative. Now, just about everybody you're going to hear from now is the TV, varying fames, a bunch of think tank guys. Listen to how they sound. Look at how they put themselves down for being uh, middle class, upper middle class, above the age of 60, and white. Cut 26. 
I'm asking for trouble here because here I am, an old, old white guy talking about race relations. I say this as an old white guy. How did it happen that this has come down to two old white guys? I'm an old white guy, and I love Barack Obama. I'm just an old gray-haired white guy in a suit, you know, fairly boring. That last one was Bill Clinton. Old white guy in a suit, don't listen to, you know, we're just white guys. So they say that, they make an apology for who they are, but that's actually a way to keep and maintain status and power. What if you're a truck driver and you don't have that much in the way of uh, power, although together (laughs) truck drivers have all the power in the world, it seems. It's pretty awesome what's happened in Canada, although now they're cracking down. Have you seen this? Quite frankly, the crackdown's not really impressive. Uh, it's just, it's, I mean, I don't want it to be impressive. I don't want to see anybody hurt. But it's not exactly, um, it's certainly not Black Lives Matter summer uh, 2020 America. Uh, you know, uh, may I have a word with you? Uh, yes, okay, I am placing you under arrest. Okay, yep. What? Did, how do they say it? Okay, good day. They have that, I'm going to bring you out from the court. I'm, 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 we're going to go out. We're going to go out from the prison and we're going to arrest uh, something like that. I can't do a Canadian accent. I've only I've been there a couple of times. Now, you heard about those white guys apologizing for being white, right? You got to do that. I mean, I'm, I, I, if you want to be woke, if you want to be cool, if you want corporate America to accept you, corporate America, they're so on board with this junk. Don't they realize the customers are not? I don't know. They're always they live in fear of a Twitter mob. They should learn from Trump. All right. Don't be afraid of a Twitter mob. All they have are tweets. We're going to boycott your company. No, you're not. Good luck with that. Those boycotts never work. And they always panic and they always give in. So um, white people, especially older, wealthy, famous white people love to apologize for being white. Nobody else does that, by the way, of other ethnic groups. Never. You point to your race and you you point to it as like, yeah, this is a good thing. I'm proud of it. Only white people, only white people do that. I'm just a white person. I I really can't say anything here, so I'm just going to listen. I'm just going to take a step back and let the left talk. No, I'm not going to do that. And I don't care what color you are, you shouldn't do that. Now, I think Eric Adams, in a weird way, does he have? He doesn't have it right. He doesn't have it right. He's certainly not held back by his race. Actually, everything he has in life is because of his race. And listen to how he mentions it. Is he apologizing for it? No, he's using it as a weapon to subdue criticism, to quash it. Cut 27. You know, let me say this. And, you know, I'm not saying it out of hate. I'm saying it out of love. I'm a black man. That's the mayor. And? <laughs> like, it's, that was like, you know, so don't mess with me. Don't mess with me because I'm, and the white reporters ran scared. Pretty amazing. Maybe I should get down there to City Hall, huh? It's open to the press, right? Although I hear if the questions aren't, don't get easier for Eric. He's going to bounce. Isn't that what he said the other day? He's going to bounce. I saw him speak at the Democrat convention here in New York. And Hillary dropped by. Oh, but 
before that, Eric was wearing a vest, a double-breasted vest. He looked like Al Sharpton in 1990. It was just ridiculous. A vest. It's a guy who thinks about how he looks all the time. And when you're looking at yourself in the mirror, you can't possibly know what other people are going through. And like his new plan, what what is it? He announces a new plan to clean up the subways. Well, uh, what about what about all that rhetoric? Remember, on day one, we're going to take the city back. On day one, no, <laughs> no, day uh, seventy three, we're going to uh, we're going to take the subway system back. Well, what about the last month and a half? And let's look at your plan. You know, the plan is. By the way, all you got to do is kind of like, okay, clean up the clean it up. We got systems for this. But no, he's got to put his stamp on it, and now he's going to uh, social workers down to the – so good luck with that. Good luck with that. Uh, we know how, how to do it, by the way. It's been done before. It's not a big deal. You don't have to call attention to it. Just get it done. And speaking of attention, Hillary Clinton is starving for it. It looks like she's running for president, right? I mean, uh, listen to this and listen to this uh, – denialism, right? Hillary Clinton goes. She got booed outside, by the way. I don't think that means much of anything. Although she's, well, let's face it, she's reviled by even Democrats. But cut 28. Listen to this. You know about the Durham allegations, and uh, it looks like uh, her campaign was in deep with all that stuff. We all know that. But she thinks, nope, it's a conspiracy. Again, cut 28. It's funny, the more trouble Trump gets into, the wilder the charges and conspiracy theories about me seem to get. You think? You're trying to say this Durham pleading is a conspiracy theory, huh? It's not. I'll get to that in a moment. But here she goes. Conspiracy theory. This is what she loves to say about her critics. Oh, they're just involved in a bunch of conspiracy theories. She's been doing this for a long time. When I heard her say that, I was like, "Ooh, that sounds very familiar. Remember Monica Lewinsky in the late 1990s when we were learning her name and what happened in the Oval Office and all that stuff? Uh, what did she say? Did she say, uh, oh, boy, my husband's done this before. I can't believe he's done it again. Oh, I'm, I'm apologizing. Let me please. I need space at this time. Let me help my family. Let me just w- work this out. I can't believe this happened. No, I, I, I pray for me. No, none of that. She said it's a bunch of right wing kooks. Cut 29. The great story here for anybody willing to find it and write about it and explain it is this vast right-wing conspiracy that has been conspiring against my husband since the day he announced for president. Wow, that was in 1998 on the Today Show. Blaming you. Blaming, uh... I wasn't in the the media. I was in the Marine Corps at the time. Um... No, I'm sorry, Hillary. This is a big deal. Now, right now, the New York Times, they are spinning for you. They're trying to protect you. Uh, it's not going to. Well, it it just might work, actually. But I'm not going to let you off the hook. I'm not going to let your campaign off the hook. I'm not going to let the people, the FBI, those who tried to sabotage the presidency of Donald Trump. So this is the. This was the it guy of the week for the fake news. You'll hear him introduce Charlie Savage. He wrote something in the New York Times. Go ahead. Cut 30. Charlie Savage of the New York Times is one of the reporters covering this story. His piece from Monday is titled Court Filing Started a Furor in Right but their narrative is off track. Uh, Charlie, thanks for coming on the show tonight. You write that much of the right wing narrative is factually incorrect, but you also write 
that many parts of the narrative are old news. Explain that for us. Uh, well, the old news part was the basic thrust of this. All right. Now, there was some old news in the new filing, but there was also the very important part about the executive office of the president. And the way Durham wrote this report, it seems reasonable to infer that the surveillance could have happened under Trump while he was president of the United States. Listen to how they downplay that. Uh, cut 31. A very rare in the United States Russian-made smartphone had been connecting to networks inside Trump Tower, inside another building connected to Trump, inside some other places and inside the White House. We had, at the New York Times, reported that in a story about the uh, related to the Durham investigation in the Michael Sussman case back in October. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You can look up that story in October. It said nothing about the White House. It said nothing. Anyway, look, I know this is minutia, but it's important minutia. And they will fool a lot of people because they won't bother to read the stuff. And they won't bother to find out what the technology, what actually it entails. Um, it's a lot of phony baloney stuff. They are all supporting her, though. They are rallying around. I'm surprised. I actually am surprised. All right, let me know what you th- want to say. Uh, a lot of people are congratulating me because I knew Eric Adams was a great big phony back in June. Before the primary, I was telling everybody, we've got to stop this guy. He has no business being mayor. And I can't tell you how many people said, you know, Greg, he's saying all the right things. He looks like a pretty sharp guy. He said he's dumb. He's uninformed. He knows nothing about law enforcement, and he's a racist. What do you say, huh? Call me to congratulate me. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. This is The Greg Kelly Show. The New York Post, the Daily News, the New York Times. Well, never happened with the Times. Maybe the Post. Staten Island Advance, you should all withdraw your endorsements of Eric Adams. You made them in a, <laughs> through ignorance. You didn't know what the hell you were talking about. You didn't know what you were doing. I know for 10 seconds he said he seemed to say what you thought you wanted to hear about crime. You never bothered to learn about the guy that he has absolutely if his heart was in the right place and it's not he's out for eric he's out for the fun he's out for the money he's out for the fame he's out for the attention he's out for the trips all right but even if his heart was in the right place he doesn't know how to do anything all right he doesn't know how to fix anything it's been seven weeks where's his plan on anything it's just another speech It's just another, I look good in this suit, don't I? Wow, I'm Eric. I'm Eric. New York Post, do the right thing. Make him earn it. You gave it away for free. Make him earn that endorsement. Same for you, Daily News. Hey, and especially Staten Island Advance. Just go back and look at this guy's record. Look at what he said over the years. All right? You know... That you guys could not figure out that he was a racist Al Sharpton hanging around the police department type figure. You actually thought he was a crime fighter? Did you bother to ask anybody who knew him? Huh? No, you didn't. Because Black Lives Matter summer and all of that nonsense and all that virtue signaling and all that white shaming and all that media. 
You all shrank from your responsibilities. All right? Everybody. White, black, red, brown. Hey, and something really racist happened in that campaign, by the way. You gave him a great big wet kiss and you needled Andrew Yang every step of the way. Now, Andrew Yang is not my ideal candidate by any means, and I'm not a Democrat. But you know what? He's a smart guy with some real-world accomplishments under his belt. And Eric Adams can't say that. All Eric Adams can do is say that he used to have diabetes, he used to be fat, and now he looks great in a suit. That's it. Those are the good things about Eric Adams that I just said. Diabetes, used to be fat, now he's thin. That's it. Oh, but somebody busted him on this. How did they let him get away with this? You know he lived in New Jersey. The Brooklyn Borough president lived in New Jersey. So, hey, do me a favor. Look up when he said in one of those debates, I think it was Channel 4, Channel 7, one of those debates where he said, you know what his favorite thing in the world to do was? They said to the candidates, hey, what, what, what in life can you live without? And, you know, most of the candidates said things like, uh, my wife, um, I think somebody said baseball cards. I don't know. Um, my kids, stuff like that. You know what Eric said? A bubble bath. A bubble bath. Hmm. Interesting. So when the reports emerged that he was living in New Jersey, and he said, no, 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 that's not true. I, I, I live in Brooklyn. Well, he opened the door to all the reporters. Guess what? In that, in that weird basement apartment that he claimed he lived in, which he didn't, it had one bathroom, and it had a sink, a toilet, and a shower. No bath. He said he took one every single night. Yeah, I'm sure. In New Jersey. Be right back. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. So Frank Morano, who works here, great guy, great broadcaster, has a new show where he talks to uh, uh, mobsters, crooked guys who ran schemes. And uh, I don't know. I guess I'll have to tune in. I don't know how those guys do it. I don't know how mobsters do it. I really I don't. I have no idea. How can you kill a guy? How can you kill a guy and not be? You know, a lot of these guys, by the way, are Christians, right? And they just they, they kiss their mother. They kill somebody. I mean, just. Well, we don't have as much of it today as we used to, but I feel guilty if I get too much change at Wendy's. You know, I, I always, I, 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 oh, wait, wait, they, they just gave me a $20 bill. I will tell you this, for about a, a moment, I do consider keeping it. And then I just, I can't do it. I just, I can't do it. And it'll be short. I, someone's going to get in trouble. That's going to be on me. My conscience, you know, it's just not going to let me do that kind of thing. I mean, it lets me do some things, which it, I, you know, and then I guess the guilt and all that stuff. But, you know, just there. How do you kill somebody? How do you steal money from somebody? A system, a systemic way. Some of these guys, these schemes. Hey, by the way, did you hear about that crew in Brooklyn? They call themselves the Wu Gang. They stole four million dollars in covid relief. Four point one million dollars. And these guys are not smart. They went waving it around on, on uh, not on TV, on these little rap videos that they made. You know, wads of cash, that kind of thing. You're going to, if you commit a crime, if you try, you're going to get caught. Hey, did you hear there was an anti-Jewish attack in Queens? A teenager has been charged with a hate crime. Looks like he punched him in the face or something like that. You ever notice that um, 
right after somebody commits a crime, a very serious crime, it happened in Los Angeles after that guy, they go right to 7-Eleven. They all go right to 7-Eleven to buy something, beef jerky, a soda, a beer. They just, and there, there it is, smile for the camera. I mean, there, there's the guy, and they always get caught. Uh, Abby's on the phone from, uh, oh, hi, Abby, how are you? Hi, Greg. How are you doing? Uh, good. I I thought you died of COVID. We didn't hear from you for a while. What's going on? Well, I heard that. My friend Zach let me know that you mentioned that yesterday. Uh, I still listen every day. It's just for my job. We work in the morning, and then we have to do busy work in the afternoon. So I listen, but it's harder to call in. But I've been dying to. Well, anyway, welcome back. Busy work, busy work. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're the teacher, right? Yes. What yes. kind of busy so work? teach in the morning. Yeah. What, report cards, grading uh, papers? What do they have you do? Lesson plans, research. You have to write to a lot of kids' parents, you know, explain why. Some mask business. There's a lot of that going on here. Mask, no mask. It's pretty ridiculous. Uh, Okay. Has it gone all woke, too, your school? Oh, yes. North North Carolina in general, unfortunately, used to be a great southern state. But the governor, Roy Cooper, ruining the place. It's unfortunate. But still, you know, I prefer it to New York right now. But... I still listen every day, and my good friends Zach and Corey, always listening. Well, that's terrific. It's great to hear from you. Keep teaching those kids. Try to teach them uh, reality, not this uh, nonsense. Hey, what subject do you teach anyway? I teach kindergarten. Oh. Just the real little ones. That should be a lot of fun, right, those little brats? It is. It's fun until they get, you know, they're still young enough to love school and like their teachers and love to learn. So Uh, I prefer it that way. Excellent, Abby. Say hi to everybody. Great to hear from you. And uh, I went to kindergarten in the Meadows School on Long Island in Baldwin. And I had a hard time. Wait, what was my issue? I know. Oh, yes. uh, We had to go to gym class. And here's the thing. I did not know how to tie my shoes. I was the last. I didn't learn how to tie my shoes until I was like 10. I could not tie my shoes. I needed somebody to tie them for me. So when we had to change into our shorts, I would take my pants. I wear the shorts under my pants and try to take the pants off over the shoes. And I got stuck. Oh, gosh, that was stressful stuff. Stressful. You know, in life, you got to make your own fun. I notice that the office environment is pretty somber. Not here, not across the street, but in a lot of places. Everybody is so intense. Everybody is just really, and you can't let this stuff get you down. You can't let the news get you down. You can't let uh, all of these edicts get you down. You know what a great uh, antidote is for this uh, ultra-seriousness? Download some prank phone calls or make some yourself, Uh, but they're still... Harder to get away with prank phone calls because caller ID and stuff like that. But I love the Jerky Boys. I highly recommend them. Still great. And even uh, more recently, uh, James Florentine. You ever hear that guy? Can you do me a favor? Get one of those. We, he calls the telemarketers. He prank phone calls the telemarketers. It's fantastic stuff. It's brilliant. James Florentine and his buddy there. Uh, real quick, Francis is calling from Long Island. Hello. Yeah, uh, Eric Adams, let me tell you something. What he's saying is crap and garbage. Crap and garbage. All right, relax. I was, how are you? What's wrong? You know what? Uh, Yeah. I'm going to be honest. It's the same thing as the super toilet bowl and the halftime performance. All right. You sound, are you okay right now? Where are you? To 
Dopey, dopey, dum dum. Yeah. All right. What are you auditioning for my job? Come on, relax. What's going on? Where are you on Long Island? Hell out of here. All right. Thanks, Francis. Take it easy. Larry's on the phone as well. Staten Island. What's? Uh, how are you? Good afternoon, Greg. I'm up on the roof with the hot mops. <laughs> How uh, you doing? Yeah, right. I remember. Sure. Uh, I uh, thought they were being cute, those little guys with the mops. Anyway, Larry, how are you? Welcome yeah. back. What's going on? Uh, I want to comment on uh, de Blasio Light uh, uh, Adams. Uh, the way he uh, addressed the, uh, the, the, the press, uh, I'm, I'm answering questions by people who don't look like me. Uh, is he going to have a problem if he makes it? Uh, uh, to re-election time uh, to seek votes from people who don't like him or the crackers. Well, yeah, he said that word, crackers, uh, in 2019. You know, I made the point on Twitter a while back. Anyway, and I don't want to open that can of worms because I made a um, I made a similar point, but I was trying to. It's very easy to find yourself accused of racism these days. It's about the worst thing you could call somebody. And Eric Adams essentially implied that about uh, reporters. And it was really, really um, cheap. And he damn near got away with it. I may di- He may get away with it. But I have a feeling that was a real piv- pivotal moment. A lot of people noticed it. A lot of people are like, wow. A lot of people are like, huh, this guy, he seems so nice. He looks so sharp in those suits, you know. Let me hear what he said the other day, please. Give me some, give me some of that. You know, let me say this. And, you know, I'm not saying it out of hate. I'm saying it out of love. I'm a black man. That's the mayor. But my story has been interpreted by people that don't look like me. We got to be honest about that. How many blacks are in the editorial boards? How many blacks are determined how these stories are being written? How many Asians? How many East Indians? How many South Asians? Everybody talks about my government being diversified. What's the diversification in the newsrooms? So everybody go back with their predispositions. And my role as mayor is being interpreted through the prisms of your realities and not mine. Your re- well, yeah, uh, that's kind of how it works. But, but he's saying that our realities are totally shaped by what we look like, not anything else. I can't believe he went there. And by the way, this really pissed off people. It really did. Some of the people who supported him, some of those editorial writers at the New York Post, the Daily News, even the New York Times, uh, they, they've been giving him wet kiss coverage since the very beginning. He annoyed them. And let's see. Let's see. You don't, uh, what do they say? Don't pick a fight with somebody who buys ink by the drum. Um doesn't really apply as much as it used to, and nobody buys ink like that anymore. Fewer print editions, but you know what I mean. All right, one more. We got Joe in New Jersey. Yes. Hey, Greg. I know you were talking about Hillary Clinton before, and, you know, she, we've talked before. You know, she was part of the release of the terrorists that killed my dad, uh, the FALN. They were all released on behalf of her when she was running for senator from New York in 1999. And and then we see like her spying against Trump. Well, you know what do people expect? I mean, this this woman. If you would release terrorists, and, and I testified against about this twice in front of the Senate Judiciary. If you would release terrorists, unrepentant terrorists on the American people, you would do anything. And 
you know, spying and all the other shenanigans that she's done, they pale in comparison to put Americans in jeopardy. Look, look what happened in Benghazi. Benghazi, you name it. Now, look, I will say this. We don't know. I mean, look, the circumstantial evidence is devastating that this goes right to her. All right. Regarding the spying. Uh, We don't have that yet, but we're getting closer and closer and closer. Um, Hey, tell us real quick for the people don't know what happened at Francis Tavern in the 1970s. My dad, my dad was having lunch at Francis on January 24th, 75, and terrorists walked a bomb in, placed it behind the table where he was sitting. Actually, they moved tables. They, the bomb exploded. Uh, he was murdered, died immediately. Three others were murdered. And over the years, the terrorists were apprehended and sentenced to long prison terms. Um, in 1999, when Hillary was running for senator from New York against presumptively Giuliani, uh, they offered clemency to these terrorists. Um, they had all been put away for yeah. essentially for life. And, uh, you know, so my family and I, we fought it. And, you know, we ended up testifying in front of Congress. I've testified against Eric Holder. You did the right thing. I saw every, I saw I, you, you really did. And, and I understand your beef with the Clintons and uh, totally it's uh, and also the left in general totally should not have been done. Whatever happened to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Thank you, sir, very much. I got to take a quick break. Be right back. Greg Kelly. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Hey, we uh, are watching the lockup, the crackdown of that convoy in Canada. Fortunately, it's uh, not too violent. We don't want to see anybody hurt, but this is totally unnecessary. Locking up those people. You can see from here they're not doing any harm. They're not burning down buildings. They're not uh, harassing cops. They're just stating their point of view in a very powerful way. You know who's fantastic up there? We're learning about all kinds of superstars in Canada. Who knew? I could go years of my life without thinking about Canada. But now uh, it's everyone's talking about it. Let's see here. This is Melissa Lansman. She's a member of Parliament. She's a conservative, although she has a pretty whack job haircut. Uh, she's great. Listen to this. Cut 20. Optimistic, hopeful vision for public life isn't a naive dream. It could be a powerful force for change. If Canadians are to trust their government, their government needs to trust Canadians. Those are the words of the Prime Minister in 2015. These people, very often misogynistic, racist, women haters, science deniers, the fringe. Same Prime Minister six years later as he fans the flames of an unjustified national emergency. So, Mr. Speaker, when did the Prime Minister lose his way? When did it happen? By the way, everyone's clapping. You've got uh, Sikhs, you've got uh, Muslims, you've got uh, Irish Catholics. Everyone's applauding her. And Justin stands up, Justin Trudeau. Again, you should not be named Justin and be the leader of a country. Boy band is great, but nothing else. Uh, Cut 21. Conservative Party members can stand with people who wave swastikas. They can stand with people who wave uh, the Confederate flag. We will choose to stand with Canadians who deserve to be able to get to their jobs, who be able to get their lives back. These illegal protests need to stop, and they will, Mr. Speaker. 
You hear that? Whenever they lose an argument, liberals, they'll call you a racist. They say you stand with Nazis. That's when they're losing. That's when they're panicking. And it didn't, it doesn't work. It didn't work. Listen to what she said again. She challenged him. He spoke. And now it's her turn again. Melissa Lansman, conservative member of parliament up there in Canada. 22. I am a strong Jewish woman and a member of this house and a descendant of Holocaust survivors. And I have never made to, it's never been singled out and I have never been made to feel less, except for today when the prime minister accused me of standing with swastikas. I think he owes me an apology. I'd like an apology. And I think he owes an apology to all members of this house. Yeah. And then they went nuts, uh, applauding her and booing him, condemning him. By the way, I've never heard it called a swastika, but. Uh, we know what that is, and it's an ugly symbol of hate. And there have been false flags, a false flag operation. I've heard the phrase a million times, never quite understood what it meant until the Canada convoy. All right, so you got these protesters, these truckers, right? But you don't like them. Let's say you're Trudeau, you don't like them. What do you do? You get some guy on your side to pretend he's a trucker and sticks a Nazi flag out the window. That's a false flag to try to portray all of the truckers as somehow sympathetic to whatever flag that is. Nazis, it's disgusting and stupid. You know, it was tried much closer to home. Who remembers the New Jersey governor's race? Cettarelli, Jack Cettarelli, the Republican. He was doing great. The fake news said no chance, no chance, down 20 points, no chance. I ha- I heard the guy. What day was that? What day did we have him on the radio? It was Columbus Day, and I'm like, this guy's sharp. This guy could do it. I have a feeling about this guy, and he almost did it. Now, the fake news said no chance, no chance, but Murphy knew he was in trouble. All right, the internal polls, he knew it was a tight race. So at the final debate, Was it the one and only? Anyway, at the debate, what does he do? He starts to lose, so he starts to play the race card. A guy named Murphy is playing the race card. Uh, Listen to what's next here. We have to keep moving forward. We cannot go backward, and we cannot afford an extreme leader. There's so much on the ballot. Uh, There's so much at stake. Do we stand with our sacred democracy? Or do we stand with with uh, Confederate flags and white supremacists and a pack of lies? Do we stand? Do we continue? Do we continue to make the tough? Do we continue to make the tough calls based on science and data to save as many lives as we can? Or do we put lives at risk because we play politics? See how disgusting that is. For women's reproductive freedom. He's. New Jersey, he's talking about the white supremacists and Confederate flags. Shut the hell up. How the hell? I would like to know more. That That's an election I'm suspicious of, by the way. Very suspicious of. You see all the Trump signs? How many, how many Murphy signs did you see driving around New Jersey? All right, finally, look, this uh, football player, Matthew Stafford, he's a quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams. He wins the Super Bowl on Sunday. Uh, but he's a jerk. A woman fell down right in front of him, six feet, took a six-foot tumble. That's a big tumble. And broke her spine in two pieces. I think we have music of it. You can't see it, but this is it, right? There's music in the background. I just want to see if you can hear anything. Cut 35. All right, you don't hear anything. Uh, There's music in the background. 
Matthew Stafford sees the quarterback. He sees her fall, and he says, whoa. You see his mouth kind of like opens up, and he turns and walks away fast. His wife, who's a decent person, has shock on her face and goes to help. Now, the word is, oh, what a great guy Stafford is. You know why? Because he's paying for the medical bills. Now, Stafford makes $23 million a year. He's no kid. He's like 30 years old. He's been around for a long time. It, by the way, the woman has insurance most likely, all right? I can't believe how much credit this guy gets for paying the medical bills, including from Mike DeDino, who works here, and for some reason seems to worship these football heads. Mike, uh, we had a uh, text exchange. You dropped it mid-text. You were the one who told me about uh, Mr. Generosity here paying the hospital bills. You still think he's a great guy? Does that make him a great guy? Class act. Class act. What? Are you serious? Are you serious? You're serious. I'm dead serious. A class act. $23 million a year. He makes 23. Who Actually, he- made 20 this year. 23 who the next hell year. knows? Who the hell knows if she even needs the medical bills paid. It suggests that she's indigent. Hey, by the way, if I hurt myself and he's standing there, I don't need anybody to pay my medical bills. I got insurance, I hope. Uh, you know, I just, you think that's class. You think that's class. He bought you off. First of all, even before he paid for the bills, you thought he was a swell guy. Yeah, he, I think Steph is a good dude. Christ, what, I think he's a good with dude. These guys. What is with you? These guys are jerks. Nine out of ten of them are total meathead jerks. Jocks. You remember from high school, they're jerks for the most part. Some of them grow up and learn life. But the ones who uh, achieve uh, greatness, sports greatness at this level, are weird and demented and lost. This is the word. I can't believe that you think this is a class act. You know who Deion Sanders is, right? Yes, I do. You know what happened to him, right? When? Well, he learned the lesson of all of this, all right? All the money, all the fame, all the Lamborghinis, that it was all a waste of time. And when we come back, we'll tell you the amazing journey he went on once he realized that all the fame, all the money, all the stupidity about Sunday, once he finally figured out what he found out was really important, it changed everything for him. We'll be back. Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions, entertaining and informative. Uh, Attention all TV news reporters, especially you local ones here in New York. Stop wearing the dopey masks on TV, all right? Number one, we know you're not wearing them right before you go on TV and right after you go on TV. We can also see... That you're alone. You're like eight feet from the cameraman. No one's coming up to you, although sometimes they do. Sometimes they pull the baba buoy on you. <laughs> I love it when that happens. But, you know, this is silly. Enough with the masks. It's so dumb. They don't work. By the way, even if you thought they worked, you know what you're supposed to do? you got to change them like every three hours. Once <laughs> I have a mask in my pocket. Actually, I, don't, I, I really don't anymore. I was going to say I have a mask in my pocket. I up until about two weeks ago, I was wearing it all the time. And then, and then no, I just said, uh, no more. I saw somebody get arrested somewhere, and I'm like, nope, I'm not doing this anymore. Oh, yeah, I know. It was upstate. So that guy get dragged off. I had him on my show, upstate. I'm not doing it anymore. No more masks. I don't care where the hell I am. 
And then what else about this? I just saw Kathy Hochul, our governor. Someone's got to do something about this, all right? Quite frankly, I don't care if it's a Republican or a Democrat. Tom Suozzi, Andrew Giuliani, um, uh, who else? Rob Astorino would be great, of course. Astorino, yeah, he would be great. And then there's a guy on, um, um, uh, what's his name on Long Island? I'm sorry, it starts with a Z. Uh, Zeldin, Lee Zeldin, he'd be terrific. Kathy Hochul is standing in the subway. I don't think she's ever been in there. She's from Buffalo, for crying out loud, talking about subway safety. Just stop it. It's an act. Go back to the beauty parlor. Leave us alone. The Cuomo legacy is going to be telling us. No, 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 no. All right? It's over. Now, I want to go back to what I was talking about with football and this crazy guy. (laughs) The quarterback, these, these, these athletes are demented. Half of them, I mean, I'm sorry, but let's be real here. I mean, the brain, because of all the football they play, what do they call it? Uh, what do they call that syndrome? Anyway. CTE. CTE. How does that stand for? Uh, something intense. <laughs> and Cep- Cepha, it's, a bad, it's, it's bad, and it's a real thing, and uh, a lot of guys have it. So the thing about it is this guy has been worshipped since he was 12 years old. And he watched a woman fall six feet to the ground, broke her spine in half. And quite frankly, I think it's really condescending that this guy who walks away, walks away. We all saw his true colors there. Uh, We all saw what he's about. Walks away and says, I'll pay her hospital bills. He makes you, correction, $20 million a year. Next year is going to be $23 million a year. These, it's just disgusting. All of it is disgusting. Quarterback, jock. 23 million. And some guys know that. Some athletes are outstanding. And I like Deion Sanders. One of the few guys, maybe the only guy who's ever played in a World Series and the Super Bowl. And so he has, at one point in his career, he has everything. Everything, all right? He's got the money. He's got the fame. He's doing awesome at, at on the field. And guess what comes with that? A lot of women, a lot of stuff that just just comes your way. But all that stuff, he's empty inside. And then he finally realizes, and God comes into his life, and everything changes. Everything changes. But I found a documentary about this, and uh, here's Deion Sanders talking about his struggles. uh, Cut 36. Sanders just went hard to right field, way back into the right field seats. And he's done it all in brash, high-stepping style. But along the road to fame and fortune, Dion's dreams turned into nightmares. The night we won the Super Bowl in San Francisco, I was the first one out of the locker room, the first one home, the first one to bed. And I said, this, it ain't what I thought it was. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even happy. Despite two Super Bowl trophies and millions in the bank, Dion was on the brink of suicide. You got women everywhere, you still ain't happy. You got clothes galore, you still ain't happy. You, you got everything you wanted, but you're still not happy. So he finds God. God finds it. They find each other. It's just amazing what happens. I got to find his book. I want to know more about Dion Sanders. He's a minister today. He's a well-respected businessman, and he speaks about his faith. I want to know everything I can about this guy, Deion Sanders. Now, talk about a role model. 
And I couldn't tell you two things. I don't even know what team he played for. He just said something about San Francisco. Did he beat San Francisco? Was he on San Francisco? I don't know. I don't care. But that that's the kind of guy I can look up to. Now, meanwhile, we've got our uh, Mr. Dedino over here who thinks it's a really classy thing to do for a quarterback who's standing right on top of a woman who's taking a picture of him, by the way, falls down, breaks her back in 80,000 pieces. It's going to be in the hospital forever. Who knows if she'll ever even walk again. And he just goes away. He just walks off. And you think he's a classy guy. Listen, I don't know Stafford personally, but based on his 15-year, 10 to 15-year career, I haven't heard anything bad about him. I haven't heard anybody talk bad about him. It's a bad look. He probably should have helped. It's a bad look. It's a bad he look. He probably should have helped. Now, you guys, again, I, I, I've, I've heard this before. For you, for, for the NFL, hey, he never got arrested. He must be a swell guy, right? He's never gotten arrested. I've never heard of him beating his wife, so he's got to be a great guy. I mean, seriously, that's how low the standards are in the NFL, right? Well, he never got into trouble. He's a great guy. Class act. It's unbelievable. So I I, I sense, Mike, that you're modifying your position a little bit. You're finally realizing that he just may need a serious uh, attitude adjustment. Listen, I don't know Stafford personally. You don't so. know, but you talk about these guys all the time. You don't I know, know personally. Statistical, you, st- I know stats. I know his, where he went to college. I know uh, where did he go to college? Is. Georgia, one one. What does that mean? One one. He was the number one pick in the two thousand. See, this is what happens draft. with these guys. Their heads explode. They're too big. They get too big for their britches. Too big for anybody. Some girl falls right in front of him. He's got better things to do, like take a swig of water and walk twenty feet in the other direction. I, I, I don't care about one and one. I don't care about 15 years. I don't care. You should, that should be a big wake up call for you. But nope, you're still, you're doubling down on all the statistics and all that crap. What do they call this? The hot stove? Is this the hot stove? What's the hot stove? Uh, I don't understand the reference. You don't understand the reference? Hot stove of what? Hot, okay, never mind. I, I found out there's something I know about sports that you don't know. Hot stove is the off season term for baseball maneuverings. Um, hot stove. You call it in the hot stove. But when it, I, I assume they have a similar phrase for uh, football. But I feel like you're big getting paid by the NFL, quite frankly. You're so reluctant to criticize anybody. You know, how old are you anyway? 25, 26? Yeah, 26. So what's the big deal? I mean, did they know who you are? Are they paying you? You have some sort of affiliation with the NFL. That's it. Hopefully one day I will. That's it. No, you've got something going. You've got a fantasy league or something, and you've got some sort of some sort of deal with them, right? <laughs> I yeah. Have, I got no affiliation. Busted. Wish I did. Yeah, we, I yeah, wish. Busted. Busted. Finally, I, guess I couldn't figure this out. Thank you. Uh, this is guy. He can say anything in the world that he wants, and he's always taking the company corporate line. Why is that? He's got this whole little sports thing, betting, whatever, online stuff. He's taking bets. He's making bets. And you can do it. And the NFL likes some of that. I know. I know. Oh, I know. FanDuel, right? You do stuff with FanDuel? Yes, you do stuff with FanDuel, too. I want to find out if all of this stuff is ethical. All right? I think you got to disclose it to me, him, your mom. Does your mom know about this stuff? My mom knows I'm a crackhead for sports, yeah. Yeah, she know about the complex financial uh, entanglements you've got going. Yeah, she 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 knows. Yeah, she yeah, knows. yeah, yeah, yeah. She knows. She knows. Well, now finally I know. 
I have to go to a purist. I don't want any more uh, football insight from you because I know it's you're, you've been corrupted by the corporate side of all this. Do you know anything about sports, Kevin? Yeah, I know a thing or two. Yeah, all right. Well, I don't think you're the – huh. Oh, what a, I'm so I, – I, 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 you got to admit, I busted you, right? Uh, yeah, you got me good. Oh, wait a second. Now I feel like he's being a little bit uh, – Patronizing? Yeah, that's the word. Thank you. There's something going on there. All right, beat it. I've had enough of him. No, I think something. I think something is up for a guy who's 26, and uh, you know you're, you're you're living at home, and I don't know. You could you could say anything you want about the NFL, yet you you you're just so respectful of these guys. Why? Oh, I know. Even if you don't have something, you want to have something. You just said it yourself. I wish. I wish. I don't live at home though. I wish. I wish. Where do you live? Astoria. Oh. Well, swinging bachelor you are. Excuse me. Good for you. Good for you. I'm impressed. Yeah? Thanks, man. No, not really. All right, goodbye. I was landing on aircraft carriers when I was 26, all right? I was, uh, where the hell was I when I was 26? I was uh, I was overseas. I was in another country fighting for you. Well, you weren't even around yet. If I knew about you, I might have come home. Jeez. All right, on to some other stuff here. Hillary Clinton is trying to be president we all know it, and I uh, wonder if she's a football fan. I love it when they try to pretend that they're down with uh, things that are hip. Jocelyn Elders used to be the, what was she, the Surgeon General of the United States, and she wanted to be hip. She was the one who, she was pushing sex ed on children, and and then what else did she do? Oh, she said, I love Eric Clapner. You know, the guitarist, he's so good. I love his music. Eric Clapner. She got his name. You know, it's Eric Clapton. It was Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton. She kept on saying Eric Clapner. Hillary has a lot of that in her. Anyway, here she is uh, trying to rile up the crowd. Cut six. Fox leads the charge with accusations against me, counting on their audience to fall for it again. And as an aside, they're getting awfully close to actual malice in their attacks. We can't get distracted, whether it's by the latest culture war nonsense or some new right-wing lie on Fox or Facebook. By the way, they've been coming after me again lately, in case you might have noticed. It's funny, the more trouble Trump gets into, the wilder the charges and conspiracy theories about me seem to get. Okay. Hey, by the way, she's picking on Fox, and you know why she's not picking on me? And actually, the left, the the left wing media, they have picked on me. They picked on Newsmax a lot, but I've been very careful with this and very precise in what I've said about Hillary and what I've said about the Democrats. I'm relying on John Durham and the filing, and Fox, by the way, has been wrong on a lot of this stuff. They have been. I have not been wrong. All right. You got to read the filing. You got to go by that. So, uh, with that said, she did you hear the part about conspiracies? It's another conspiracy. This is the same thing she told us about um, about Monica Lewinsky. When was that? Where is that? Here we go. Cut 29. This is Hillary Clinton in 1998 on the Today Show. The great story here for anybody willing to find it and write about it and explain it is this vast right-wing conspiracy that has been conspiring against my husband since the day he announced for president. See what I mean? All right. So, Dino, the NFL has their headquarters a block away. It's it's lit. Well, it's two blocks away. 
Have you ever thought about working there? Have you sent a, an application or a, a resume over there? No, I used to work at uh, the MLB Network, though. Well, I mean, what happened? I left. Under what circumstances? Under my own. Uh, under a cloud? No, my hours were terrible. I didn't love what I was doing. What was it? Eight hours a day? What was? You, what, what, what happened? What was the? What was the situation? I was working from eight p.m. to four a.m. and then uh, commuting back to Long Island. Yeah, so. That, uh, yeah, that would that would not. How long did you do that for? Did for like a year almost. Yeah. Oh gosh, that is horrendous. Yeah, nobody should work at night like that. Nobody should work at night. It'll Especially take, commuting home and long on Penn Station after that was miserable. It'll take years off your life. It'll take years off your life. Well, why don't you reapply and see if you can work uh, during the day? You kicking me out? No, I'm just suggesting because I know this passion of yours is like you know, and you're, you're always messing with it anyway. On our time, you might as well, you know. I mean, it'll be best for everybody, don't you think? I think this is the year that uh, MD Fantasy goes to the moon. I don't know what that means. MD Fantasy. May, may, That's a plug to my uh, Instagram page. Oh yeah, there you go. All right, a all humble right. plug. Yeah. Um. All right, we got to. Uh, I want you to live to your your fullest potential. I am. No, you're not. So you think I should boycott sports? While you're here, I do. That's fair. All right? Because every time I walk in, you're messing with that stuff. You're messing with your fantasy football and your fan duel and your this and your that. You are. You know you are. So, I mean, and you're shortchanging the people around here who depend on you. Fair I, oh, I yeah, think so. I do a good job around here. You think? Well, you're so your supervisor. Uh, well, let's see what uh, you know. I'm one of them. I actually have some super. Believe it or not, I have some supervisory role around here. No, he's a good kid. I just want him to be fulfilled, and I think that perhaps. No, here comes the real supervisor, Matt. He's shaking his head. He doesn't know. He. Everybody likes you, but I don't think we're getting everything that you have in you, out of you. Does that make sense? Mike, you got to give us that, right? Disagreed. No. Disagreed. Disagreed. Well, the boss here is, uh, fortunately, he's getting a kick out of you, but like a mascot, you know what I mean? Like a dog. He, uh, I'll be right back. I got I to gotta, I gotta straighten this out. Greg Kelly. This is the Greg Kelly Show. I am watching a reasonably uh, interesting show called Inventing Anna on Netflix. It's about a woman. It's a semi-true story. A woman came around New York, young, 20-something, faked a German accent, told everybody that she was rich, hung around a very annoying individual, uh, tried to show how much money she had. It was all a great big scam, and now it's on Netflix, and... And then I watched it. I watched four hours last night. I had other things to do. These damn shows, they know how to get you listening and wasting time. Uh, it's enjoyable, but it's also empty at the same time. I don't like it. I am now, What did I do this week? I deleted uh, Instagram from my phone. That actually felt rather liberating. I've also decided to tweet a lot less. I used to tweet 20 to 25 times a day. I think I've tweeted about 10 times this week. Half of them have been anti-Eric Adams tweets um, because he deserves it. Not enough people are saying it. They're still tiptoeing around the obvious. I'll tell you what, he ain't tiptoeing around anything. 
He doesn't. He's he's too uh, he's too good for New York. He's too good for this place. Huh? Haven't you seen him in those suits? Why? <laughs> you think he's going to break a sweat for us? No, he's not. This is not going to end well. I don't know what's going to happen, but this is not going to end well. And for a guy to come out and say. To, to lecture the press about race, about the color of the press, the color of the reporters. Who does he think he is? This is a man who's not good at politics. He's not good at governing. He has no integrity. He has no law enforcement skill. We are in serious trouble. I told you guys about this last June. I I, actually, I said it earlier. I said it in April. I said, watch out for this guy. He's bad news. Curtis, oh, what a horrible thing that he did not win. And you know what? There are even those crummy Democrats, the other ones were better. I'll be right back. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Hey, my uh, my parents, my mom and dad were at Mar-a-Lago last night and actually saw President Trump. He was in great spirits. He was kind of holding court there. And the president said a lot about me. He thinks the show is great. He watches all the time. And I know he does, by the way. He's been on it a bunch of times. And he sent me a beautiful note. He gave it to them. But my mom was so good. She took a picture of it and uh, so I could see it right away. And uh, I put that note up on my Twitter. Should I put it on Instagram, too? How does it work? Is that an Instagrammable thing? Uh, maybe I'll put it. I don't do Instagram as much as I do uh, Twitter. And I did scale it back. But it's really cool. Um, you know, so accessible. Fake news never gave him any credit for that, how accessible he was. Um, hey, as you know, if I raise questions about the November 2020 election, I've got grave doubts about the fairness. It's okay to say this is still a free country. It is, right? You never know sometimes. It doesn't seem that way. A lot. Here's my friend Tatiana Ibrahim from uh, upstate New York, Carmel. One of those awesome moms showing up at the school board meetings. Of all the moms who have done it, and so many have been just spectacular, I think she was the best. Cut 19. You work for me. I don't work for you. You have a duty. We are entrusting our children to you. We teach our children morals, values, when they grow up to commit crimes and end up in prison and kill a police officer. It's our fault? No, it's your fault. You're emotionally abusing our children and mentally abusing them. You're demoralizing them by teaching them communist values. This is still America, ma'am. I love it. This is still America, ma'am. Anytime anybody gives me any heat, Greg, you're really at the election. You know, it's really a... Greg, you may want to tone it down about Eric Adams because, you know, well, uh, I'm like, why? Well, uh, you you know, uh, racial... What? Unfortunately, I don't get that around here. I don't get that at Newsmax, but I get it from other uh, parties. And uh, sorry, sorry, I just spent a little bit too much behind, too much time behind an aircraft carrier at night to just go with the flow in America right now. That you got to keep your mouth shut. No, you got to shoot it off all the time. It's funny again. You know, you and I, we can't talk about alternative uh, remedies for COVID. Or we'll get help. Our employer will come down on us. Not, uh, not You know what I'm going to say. Not new, But the big tech will come down on us. Yet, yet, if you want to say something about, I don't know, 
uh, boys dressing up like girls and you're a teacher, yeah, that's uh, that's totally fine. And by the way, <laughs> I know this will sound weird. I think anybody should be able to say anything they want for the most part. Even if some nut job teacher wants to say that online, let them. But for that to be the policy for gender, gender fluidity to be the dominant topic in schools, that's kind of crazy. And it it's really happening. Now, this is a teacher who's becoming semi-famous, one of those uh, TikTokers. Listen to this guy, public school teacher in California, talk about the special feature that he's incorporated into his classroom. Cut 17, please. The goal of the transition closet is for our students to be able to wear the clothes that their parents approve of, come to school, and then swap out into the clothes that fit who they truly are. And I use the idea that this is like Superman changing in a phone booth. But that idea actually goes a lot further than that, because Superman isn't Clark Kent. Clark Kent is actually the disguise. And when Clark Kent goes into the phone booth, he transforms into Superman, who's really just who he truly is, Kal-El. And so this gives our trans students the opportunity to be the superheroes that we know they are. So that sounds uh, really wrong, doesn't it? Just stick to the basics, not this stuff. Stay the hell out of it. What is up with these people and their fixation on gender? I think they want to transition themselves. Well, have at it. You're adults. Do whatever the hell you want. But leave the kids out of it. And that's why you're seeing all these amazing scenes at these school board meetings. I am so in awe of these of these of these people. By the way, it seems like 60 percent of them are women and they've been just brilliant. You know, we've got we're, you see heroes, heroes all around us now, all around us. Here's another nut job teacher again. uh This is Orange County, California, which, by the way, believe it or not, is a fairly conservative or what was a conservative enclave in California, home county of Richard Nixon. Uh, Cut 18, please. They are not too young to leave this work, and they are not as attached to things as us adults are. Like, you talk to kids about gender fluidity, and, like, they're, like, they're ready talk to them about anti-racism, they're ready. And the more that we can empower them and educate them and make them comfortable with conversations that are hard for adults, the more we're all going to come along. Indoctrinate them, in other words, right? Push your radical, weirdo ideology on them. Yes, they are children. They are more open. They are more susceptible to your evil Okay, and that's a huge problem. Again, if she wants to hold up her phone and say that into the phone and put it on social media, okay. But the moment you start bringing that crap into the classroom, we've got a problem. But then again, so do you, because there are so many Tatiana Ibrahims waiting for people like you. Bill is on the phone in New Jersey. Uh, Hello. Greg, yes. Three, well, first of all, I want to start off with three words. God bless your work on Newsmax constantly. That, uh, what you highlighted last night with Deion Sanders, that was absolutely beautiful. Thank you so uh, much. I, uh, really, that was terrific. Your staff, your research work on that was terrific. Do some homework on Clinton Foundation 
and what supposedly she did years ago and took credit for in Haiti, which she didn't do. If you could get a person from Haiti that knows what took place actually there. All right, hold on a second. Can you hear that? Do you hear anything? No. You don't hear that buzz? Unfortunately, I apologize. All right, no, no, no. I'll check it out regarding Haiti. Someone's using a drill somewhere around here. And once again, somebody brings up Clinton and we hear the, the weird noise. You can't hear it, though. I can hear it. All right, it just went away. And I'll, I'll share this with you. Yeah. I, know a, I know a group of people that did church work and went down to Haiti to do volunteer work. There was a lot of promises made for those people in Haiti, and they never delivered. After they built supposedly these lovely homes, there were nothing more than high-class Quonset huts, and they got leveled on the next one. They were supposed to build a hospital down there, which they never delivered on. The majority of that money went to a hotel built by that prime minister down there. Just check it out. And she, and she, and she gets on national TV and talks about what Chakotin Foundation did. It's hypocritical. I will check it out. Gosh, people have been ripping off the third world for a long time. That's a, that's an interesting tip. Uh, thanks, Bill. Hey, by the way, did we ever find those people who were kidnapped? I never heard of what happened to them. A bunch of aid workers were kidnapped, and I never heard boo about its resolution. Uh, I hope that they were found. Let's see. Kidnapped missionaries escaped their captors in Haiti. Fantastic. Okay, that was back in December. I missed it. Uh, I'm glad. Uh, Let's see here. John in Staten Island. Hello. Hey, Greg. Hi. Greg, by the way, uh, that caller that just called about Haiti, Mm. I have an audio from somebody down in Haiti, one of the workers there, a Haitian, who blasted the Clintons on this, and I have it on my computer. I kept that soundbite. So if you want, I'll send it to you in an email. Where did you get it? Well, I got it when it happened, when uh, they were talking about the uh, situation there in Haiti. Can I find it online? I'm not sure if you can. But if you have an email address, I can send it to you in an email. All right, yeah, go ahead and email it to us, okay? Email it to anything else on your mind, buddy? Yes, uh, we know with those that that idiotic remark of Eddie, uh, Eric Adams about the reporters, right? You know, he exposes his own racism by assuming that uh, if there were more non-white reporters, they would automatically sell their souls and reputation as an honest and fair reporter to do his bidding because uh, they're fellow minorities. Isn't that a form of racism and stereotyping that all non-white people think alike and would be biased for his benefit? That's an insult to those reporters, is it not? It is. It is. I knew. Go ahead. No. No, what? I knew Eric Adams was a bigot years ago when he formed that separatist uh, 100 black police officers in law enforcement. Right. So, uh, you know, where does that leave all the uh, the other white officers? They don't count. This guy always tries to sound like he wants to do the right thing. But if race gets in the way, the right thing takes a back seat. The other thing about that 100 officers in law enforcement who care, I was like, wait a second. There are a lot more. There are a lot more than 100. Why are you limiting it to 100? And he quite frankly did. He, He had his favorites. He was working. It was basically like a hookup society for his friends. He really wasn't interested in civil rights or anything like that. It was all about Eric. Give me what I want and my friends. This guy is a – he's actually not that good at it. He's a wannabe shakedown artist. John, thank you very much. Check it out. 
Uh, let's see. I got another one. Do I have time? Yes, I do. Uh, who's Jessen? Jessen, is that the name in Long Island? How you doing? How you doing? Hi. What, what's your name? Jessen. Okay. What's up, pal? I know it's from the Russia-Ukraine matter. I'm hearing gas prices going up. And when I see the price of the gas going up, I thought, man, this is more like 2008. Because someplace he's got four bucks a gallon here. Yeah, I know. Me too. Uh, what else is going on? I smell the possibility of staycation this summer if this keeps going on. A staycation? That's a lamecation. You got to go somewhere. Come on. I know the prices are going up, but I'm still going to go away. Uh, although I can't stand getting on a plane anymore. It's just such a hassle, and it's tense. It's totally tense. But do you think gas prices are going to be so high that people will be reluctant to get in the car and drive anywhere? Good point. Because yeah. I think uh, 2008, they should not have heard that staycation ad, you know? I thought, what is staycation? You got people... You got people going places too, even with four dollars, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought yeah, I, you got much more valid point than these people on CNN. CNN, you look at CNN. What do they know? They know nothing. I agree, uh, Jessen. Real quick, just tell me where you are on Long Island. Merrick. Merrick, fine town. Thank you, sir. Near the beach. That must be why it's so windy. Thank you, sir. And then there's Paul in Connecticut. What's up? Hey, uh, Greg, I'm in New York, actually. Stand what the hell? Did you, did you see this guy is... Wait, are you? where are you? I'm in New York, Dutchess County. So why did the Dino... Why? Because he's daydreaming about football again. Why does uh, it say... Okay. Excuse, okay. No, no, no. Hold on a second, Paul. This is not about you right now. Why did Sorry. you put down... Why did you put... This makes me look like some guy from out of town when this happens, Mike. I can't stand this. Now, why did you write that Paul is from Connecticut? I believe you said Stanford. and I, I Paul, what Stanford, Stanford, Paul, what did you say? Paul, what did you say? Paul, what did you... Stan with an N, not an M. Stanford. I, it's a small town. Most people don't know it. It's okay. So I'm okay with it. You me. just said, did you say New York? Did you say Stanford, yes. New York? I always, yes. You said New York. New York you said New York. I did. Uh, did Dino, hello? I, bet, I thought he said Paul uh, yeah, from yeah, Stanford. Uh, right, right. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. Uh, you're 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 lost in space over there with football, fantasy, whatever the hell it is. I'll get back to you. I'm sorry. It's no big deal, but it just. All right, Paul. You see what you did here. So here's here's what I got. I got a simple suggestion. You don't care. Guy. You don't care. This guy's on probation now, and you just put him over the top. All right, Paul. What's up, Eric Adams? Yeah. What do you want to do to him? Okay, he can sit in his nice suit. He can eat some vegetables. I, this will take him a minute. You don't even have to break a sweat. All he has to do, lift the vaccine mandate for the restaurants, the bars, and the gyms. Help out the small business owners. Let the people go. I guarantee you, he does that, he'll get a little bit of positive public relations. And he'll help the people. Uh, that's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea, but he's in too deep on the other side. But who knows? He he, he doesn't stand for anything. So uh, if he finds out what you're mentioning, that uh, that's a pretty good idea. And I've seen Eric uh, change his mind before, or just make up his mind all over again. Uh, thank you. Uh, good good suggestion. We'll see what happens. And you're from New York. I will never forget that. Stanford, New York. Be right back. 
Greg Kelly. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Okay, Friday, President's Weekend. President's Day uh, weekend. It's a three-day weekend, hopefully, for you. It's amazing. New York City, you know, they say Ohio is the land of presidents or something. A lot of presidents have come from Ohio. A lot of presidents have come from New York. On this island, right here, where I am right now, uh, a lot of presidents have lived here at one point or another. Let me just go through it very quickly, very quickly. Uh, shoot, Of course, Donald Trump, right? Donald Trump, native New Yorker. Uh, before him, uh, Obama actually lived in New York. He lived on the Upper East Side on East 94th Street. So did uh, so did his assassin, Lee Harvey Oswald, lived on the Upper East Side, East 92nd Street. And then, let's see, who else? Uh, Eisenhower lived here. Uh, FDR, of course. FDR, Nixon. Nixon lived here. FDR, Nixon, and Trump all lived on the same block. Hey, by the way, Mike, I have uh, some information for you. And this is, believe it or not, this is for your this is for your betterment. Okay, this is for your professional development. And I've been talking here with Matt, and I think we have a reasonable solution. Uh, you know, let's face it, you've done a lot of good work around here, and we value your no. We yeah, obviously, and it's good that you know football, but you have been making mistakes with the board, and you know, the, the, telling me that a guy is calling from Connecticut when he's really in Stanford, New York, is a problem, and it makes me look like a jerk. I don't like it. We are, I am now authorized to tell you, we have a temporary solution for you. Uh, a temporary opportunity. You're going to be working the overnights on Saturday and Sunday. Let's see. I got the hours here. Saturday, 1 a.m. to 6 a.m. So you're out in five hours, but you get paid for eight. All right. 1 a.m. to 6 a.m. with Curtis Sliwa and Sunday, 12 a.m. to 6 a.m. for a month. Is that serious? Yes. I'm right here, Mike. I don't see you. <laughs> He's right over there. What do you think? It's a, It's Mike. I would just do this without complaint. It's 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 an opportunity for you to really like kind of immerse yourself because there's very few commercial interruptions that late at night, and uh, you know you'll be on it. There won't be enough time to daydream and screw around with football, which I know is your passion. But the good thing is you'll be in your off hours. You will probably more productively use your time and focus on football, and you'll get the message when you're at work. You got to focus on work. Okay. So I'm kicked off the show. Get him out. Well. I don't think of it that way, but yes. All right. Well, it was a pleasure. Aren't you going to protest? No, I don't protest. All right. No taking any knees from Mike Dodino. Well, I'm serious. I hope you are, Matt, right? We're doing this. <sighs> yes, I have to run down to Candace in HR, and yes, uh, we will. Uh, we'll, we'll but listen, I don't happen. want it Seven to be. Seven days a week. All right. I, I don't want this to be punishment. I don't want it to be viewed as punishment. I want it to be viewed as positive. And that Mike will come back better and more appreciative of the opportunity he has. This is going to be Mike's build back better. That- Mike's build back. And you know what? Let's face it, Mike. It's not football season. You know? So this is like, you know, this is a good time for this to happen. What am I going to, like, rehab now? It's, it's starting to seem like rehab. Are Send, you- we're sending you to the minors, Mike. Are you? Anyway, listen. I I have enjoyed working with you to a point. To the point where you start making mistakes. And uh, there have been too many of them. And uh, anyway, it's not like you're leaving the company. You're going to stay here, but you're going to be working the uh, odd hours. And anyway, um, you might as well leave now because you're going to – what time does he have to be back? 1 a.m.? He's got to be uh, – 12, 12 a.m. All right. Midnight. 
Mike, so seriously, leave. thanks anyway. Yeah, you can leave right now. We got, I've got good with the callers. We've got enough to last the rest of the show. And that leads me to Marjorie. She's in New Jersey. Hello. Oh, hi, Greg. This is Marjorie from Ridgewood. I'm calling in regards to um, federal workers. You know, us in the private sector have all returned to our jobs. Um, you know, some, some of us are still working remotely part-time, but the federal government has been working remotely for the past two years, and I feel that it's a waste of taxpayer dollars. That is crazy. Federal workers? What do you do for the federal government? I don't. I'm in the private sector. How do you know this? But They're I'm... all working at home? Yes, they are. I, as, yes. I, I know several people, and they are all still working remotely. Um, they do government training classes, and it's all about COVID. It's all about about COVID and, you know, uh, how to avoid it, which is, you know, of course we all want to avoid it. But I just feel they are not being as productive, and we I'm tired of wasting our money on workers that aren't efficient. Marjorie, I will check it out. I will check it out. Thank you so much for letting us know. As for the rest of you, Sandra, Joe, Brian, Bill, Mike, Eric, Glenn, Rachel, I'm sorry. I got to go. The show is over. I will see you on Tuesday. I'm actually not going to be on the Newsmax show tonight, but uh, Carl will be there. He's terrific. Thanks a lot. I'll see you in a month. Nick DiDino, uh, Mike DiDino, that is. Thank you for your service. See you guys later.